It's a very under the radar industry, but there's some serious consequences. I've been trying to bring that to light, but there's no warning label, right? Everyone's like live fast, die young, you know, kind of stuff. But it's like, well, what happens when you don't, right? And you're 55 and you're 60 and you're, you're broken. You are broken. You have tons of bad habits and you have a doctor tell you like, hey, you need to make some changes. How hard is that, right? Now you're dealing with extremes. Now you got to cut everything out, you know? Yeah cutting everything you do out. That's a shame. I feel it's a shame because once again, I think like there's simple things to do that I think to people just want to know if they do them, they're going to get the results that they want. Right. Yeah. If they're going to put the effort in, you know, they're going to get the results they want. Like a traveling person wants to know like, you know, what is the optimum effort I can put in so that I am kind of like counteracting some of these things. That balance. Can I do this without being like obsessive? The Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within Nation. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we dive into all things nutrition, fitness, and health related. I'm your host, Brandon. And today, we have a very special guest. Uh, we have Ryan George. So, hey, Ryan. How are you guys? Good. So, rather than spoil the surprise, I'm going to let uh, uh, Ryan kind of explain who he is, what he does, and, and what he's all about. Sure. That's a... Interesting story between what I do and fitness and those real bringing those realities together. But for lack of a better term, I'm a roadie, more or less go by like a technician or guitar tech or, you know, keyboard tech or whatever. I basically tour since I was about 20 with all kinds of bands. Do you handle groupies? <laughs> no, not anymore. Don't say don't go anywhere anywhere near that 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 world. That's a that's a very old school world. There's there's a lot more professionalism. All the debauchery and all that stuff only lasts for so long. And you're only going to you're only going to hang around for so long. Yeah, you know? but you got some fun stories from back in the day. But it was like living in a college dorm. It was just like a continuation of like you just like never grow up, you know. You just, <laughs> You just keep going and you do it. You do a rock show, you pull it off and that that's, you know, your whole priority basically. Yeah. Now who are some of uh, your favorite bands you've toured with? Well, I've been, I've been pretty lucky in, in the fact that a lot of the bands I toured with were people that I listened to. And my first touring gig was with Beck, which was, which was huge. It was, it was very coincidental. I was in the right place at the right time and learned a lot. I mean, you know, and from that point on, it, it put me in a world. A lot of those bands, like Jack White, uh, the White Stripe, people, stuff like that, they they all kind of orbit around the same, you know, people and managers. And it's a very word of mouth industry. So once you sort of get in there and are kind of trusted, then your name gets around as a as an available, trustworthy person. I would say favorite band that I work for changes because in in throughout time, it depends on the crew. I mean, my reality changes, right? Like my perspective on music is one thing, but what makes a great job, you know, is another thing. And I like all the music. I mean, you have to listen to show after show, night after night, like the same music. And if you don't like it, then, you know, good luck. A lot of people do that. And, you know, I have more power to them. Yeah, but it's helpful that you like what you hear. 
Um, now, the reason I wanted to have you on the show is you're working on and mastering one of the most difficult things for, uh, I know, the clients I've had in the past and people in general is how to stay fit and have a healthy lifestyle while traveling. And touring probably has even more challenges than just getting on a plane doing business stuff. So tell us a little bit about what you do with this tour life and and your research and what you're offering to musicians and, and even just your own personal journey. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I sort of hit a wall in um, my personal life and in touring and kind of the combination of it all. And, you know, I realized I was a heavy smoker, heavy drinker, you know, prided myself on being able to like, you know, drink as much as anybody else and be able to do my job, like, you know, get up the next day at any call, any time and just go, 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 go. Uh, the lifestyle is late nights early morning sometimes, you know, you sleep until you have to get up. So you just get up, you work, you try to get through, you eat dinner, get a shower, whatever, do the show, kill it. And then you're kind of wound up after that, you know, so you don't necessarily go to sleep right away. You might be getting on a bus driving for overnight, sleeping on a moving washing machine. It's not the most, you know, relaxing thing in the world. So a lot of people will just basically drink until they just fall, you know, you're ready to go to sleep or whatever. My mid thirties, I feel like I was like 60 years old. The lifestyle just hits you in the face and either you power through it and you, and sometimes you become a, you know, severe alcoholic or, you know, whatever, or you change, you know, a lot of musicians, they hit a wall or they change. Right. And the change is not easy. You're limited to your access, access of time, access of food, access to a gym, access to, you know, privacy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just decided I, I needed to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And I need, need to figure out how to make it work. And, you know, started writing a blog that didn't exist in my industry. And I wanted to try to find that middle ground to where it was doable and where people would see me as like someone who could go out and have a glass of wine and go out and do, you know, whatever and not have to be perfect, but also, you know, treat fitness like it was brushing my teeth. Yeah. You know, just had to do it. I'm writing about basically making myself the test case, right? So doing massive amounts of research, reading books and finding what works and what doesn't and going down all the roads that, you know, I have lots of opinions about, about, you know, about food and about exercise and about trends and different things. And like, you know, like maybe you probably possibly agree is that whatever works for you works for you as long as you can maintain it, you know, as long as you can consistently do it yeah, and it leads you to the path place that you want to be. Yeah, but, and that's that's kind of the theme of the show is what are the sustainable habits? Because if you drop everything and, and do it for six weeks and then you blow up, then what good did you do? Yeah, I think a lot of people also have great intents and they don't know where to start. And sometimes they start in a place that's way beyond their reality. And they sort of set themselves up for failure because, okay, I'm keto or I'm this, you know, and that. And it's like nothing, I'm nothing against any of that. But if you've never even had a balanced diet and now you're going to an extreme, it's like going and saying, I'm going to be like a power lifter from zero, you know, because people are like, Hey, that's CrossFit or whatever. It's the fastest way. Look how fast these people get into shape or look at how amazing they are. It's like, yeah, but you're setting yourself up for failure unless you are just willing to learn and learn and learn and fail and learn and fail. But a lot of people just want, you know, simple answers. And then a lot of people just want mobility, right? Yeah. You know, like they don't want to be like, 
you know, the greatest athlete or Arnold Schwarzenegger or other. But then obviously as you see results, you start upping the bar. So yeah. but people just up the bar. They just put the bar so high right away, I think. And I think that's how people think of it. And I've been trying to kind of, how do I relate that you don't have to like kill yourself to be in better shape? You know, you just have to keep slightly getting out of your comfort zone and upping, upping the bar. Yeah. You know? Can you talk to us about some of the first steps you took towards getting to a healthier lifestyle and what those were and what those so, changes were like? Some of the small changes you started with as you started uh, to become healthier. <clears throat> Honestly, one of it was smoking, quitting smoking, yeah. which was very difficult. And I think what I did was I tried to build healthy habits so that I would be more invested in myself not to smoke because I was trying to get, I had goals. I set up, basically I set up goals. I'm like, I'm going to get older. You know, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm like uh, 43 this month and it's only going to get harder, you know? So if I can start now and find out what, is my peak health and invest in that, then I won't want to turn back. I don't want, I won't want to undo it. Yeah. So I started running, which I, I'm not a big fan of. And <laughs> I feel like both. it's a lot, I, I think, I feel like it's a lot of people's go-to because it's easy. Yeah. People feel that, that it doesn't take much information. I would beg to differ. I think it actually takes a lot of information to properly run and yeah. to do it well and to do it with, but everybody gets those one once again, those beginners results, those beginners gains and stuff like that. So they're like, that's the way. And when they, when they hurt themselves or they fall off, they just keep going back to that. You know, they keep it going a back. cycle of injury. Marathon running is the thing, right? People get into it. And I think it's fantastic if it gets you up and out, but I think there's a level of diminishing returns with some of it. Not yeah. for everybody, you know, it's a generalization, yeah. but I think, you know, I try to tell people, it's like, well, you're jogging five miles, okay? But what are you trying to do? What are your goals? Well, I'm trying to get fit and I'm trying to lose weight. He's like, well, what if I told you if you sprinted your ass off, you know, did sprints back and forth for, you know, a quarter of the time and just more intensity, you'd get the same results, maybe even more in yeah. less time. Yeah, and I was hooked into running for years. And, and I think if I knew more about corrective exercises then and had a better diet and wasn't overtraining, I think maybe I could have done it well. But uh, I ended up with knee surgery. I had fractures, all kinds of things. Most people want to live pain-free, right? Right. I and mean, I think that's the, I think that's the, my, has become my focus. Because yeah. it's like, you, you can get really caught up in, you know, the getting strong, getting big, hypertrophy, like, leanness, all this stuff. And that's great. And I have some of those goals for sure. Yeah. But when you start trying to relate to people, I feel like the one thing that really relates to them is it's not about perfection, but really it's about the quality of your life. Yeah. And if you, you can relate that to people, I personally think people would be more into fitness. I really do because I think they, they just see the extremism all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now I, I actually met you, I think 2017 at the Athlete X Games. Right. Um, and you're a pretty fit dude. Like you're, you're ripped. So tell us a little bit about some of your eating habits, your routines and things like that. And I know it took some time to get there, but what does that look like now? It's, it, you know what? It's like a never ending journey. I think there's very few people. Once they master this, the, they get rid of, they shave all the complexity away and they really simplify it to the bare bones of what it is, of what works for them. I think that's where I'm, I've just been trying to get constantly is like shaving off all the marketing and all the stuff that I just, you go down these rabbit holes and yeah. simplifying it, not 
eating more calories than you know your body needs necessarily but also getting the, the diversity and nutrition that you need yeah. the, the more i simplify it the just the closer i get to my goals every time like what do you okay. eat on the road um, what do you go for so when i'm on the road i will really rely on snacks that i just know like i like power crunch bars or like you know I'll just carry around those different snacks that I find are low sugar, you know, and have Lose enough protein, protein in them. Yeah. You know, the typical stuff. So you're making the best you know, of what you can when you, when there's not a lot of options. Yeah. Basically I'm just like keeping myself from being hungry. Right. You know, like you're going through, you're not, you shouldn't be hungry. If you're, if you're cutting back and you're cutting back and you're trying to be lean or you're trying to, you know, eat a salad with protein and stuff like that. But then you get to the end of the day and you really didn't eat enough food. You're going to binge. So at least if I binge, I'm getting like, I just snack. I, I, I fill it all in with snacks because I'm at the mercy of cater. The way of catering sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's fantastic, right? Sometimes it's super healthy. Like I keep it simple, sweet potato or baked potato, uh, or like, you know, a russet potato or whatever, you know, don't put much on it. Just a lot of pepper or cinnamon on a sweet potato. I eat a lot of vegetables, try and keep like the oils kind of low if I can, yeah. you know, but once again, if I can't control it, then I'm just looking more at my portions, right? Because I know that that's a little bit more calorie dense with more oils and stuff on it. And then a lean protein. Because people are so different and there's so many different likes and, and there isn't a specific diet that's written exactly for one person. Yeah. Um, I think, I think tracking your food for at least a little bit, right? I, every time I like, I'm on my diet, Eventually I start kind of adding more food than I realize. And then I start like kind of putting weight on, I track my food again and I'll realize I'm like, oh man, I have crep up, you know, in my, my fats and like some, you know, stuff here. And I'm thinking like, I'm eating a great diet. Once again, I'm not going to get fat off of this diet. You know, it's just not going to happen, but I'm going to, I'm a, I hold a lot of weight, mostly in my upper body. Like the rest of my body does not distribute weight like evenly in that yeah. aspect. Yeah. Um, and I think tracking for a couple of weeks is a good idea, just so you have an idea. But I think the point is, is it may not be a sustainable practice because it's tedious. No, I, I don't think it is. You know, also you can eat a lot of food if it's like less, you know, processed and calorie dense kind of foods and you just load up on like vegetables and like, yeah. you know, that you kind of like stuff. like a bathtub full of carrots and it equals half a Cinnabon. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, we have like a society that we have easy access to quick and easy foods. We are not creatures who deal in moderation, right? You right. know, we just, when there's an abundance, we take up that abundance. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And the road is hard in that way because there is an abundance, but a lot of times it's like your, your choices and options. So I, I prep on the road a lot. If I'm in a city where I know there's like snacks I can pick up, you know, there's a GNC, I'll just, I'll sort of just, I'll, I'll just be more intent, you know, and once again, jet lag and stuff like that. I can see the difference. I can come home and I will cook for my, myself and I'll like lean out. I'll go on the road and I will definitely gain a little bit of weight. Nothing yeah. a big deal, but there, there is a difference yeah. and it's unavoidable between jet lag, you know, is brutal on your circadian rhythms. And like, so you're getting more stress, you know, less sleep, more cortisol. And that can lead to like all kinds of depression. And I know some of what you're looking at is how tour life affects depression with, with especially musicians. 
Yeah, well, we've been, I've been, it's been evolving into the research and, and the industry has not had a lot of research in done to it. It's, it's a very under the radar industry, but there's some serious consequences. There's yeah. serious consequences. And I think I'm trying, I've been trying to bring that to light, but there's no warning label, right? There's no, you don't join tour and realize that, you know, everyone's like live fast, die young, you know, kind of stuff. But it's like, well, what happens when you don't, right? And you're 55 and you're 60 and you're, you're broken. You are broken. You have tons of bad habits and you have a doctor tell you like, Hey, you need to make some changes. How hard is that? Right. Yeah. How hard is making changes when you've just, you don't even know what to do. And now you're dealing with extremes. Now you got to cut everything out, you know, yeah. cutting everything you do out. And I feel, I feel like that's, that's a shame. I feel it's a shame because once again, I think like there's simple things to do that I think to people just want to know if they do them, they're going to get the results that they want. Right. Yeah. If they're going to put the effort in, you know, they're going to get the results they want. Like a traveling person wants to know, like, you know, what is the optimum effort I can put in so that I am kind of like counteracting some of these things. Yeah. So, I mean, that's mostly what I've been trying to, to see, right. That, that balance, like, can I do this without being like obsessive? Right. You know, of course, then trying to do all the different modalities and all the different stuff you do kind of become a little bit obsessive, you know, <laughs> earlier you'd mentioned circadian rhythm and you know, a lot of times we hit on some of the science of things on this show and with tour life, especially you're, you're hopping time zones and the most active part of the night is typically at nighttime. So I feel like it's limiting your exposure to sunlight. And, Absolutely. and that's a dramatic reduction in vitamin D, which drops mood, serotonin could drop. I mean, I think that's part of what causes some of the depression. Have you found any ways while you're on tour to, to deal with that? Like I've heard of light emitting earbuds that tend to help. What types of things are you familiar with or, or is this something you're, you're aware of? There, there's a couple great books. One is Why We Sleep. Matthew Walker, right? Dr. Matthew Walker. And there's another one and I totally missing the name of it. And he was a, basically like a footballer, kind of like a coach. He was a sleep coach. They both dive into the science of sleep, right? I've tested it out. I use like, you know, nose breathe strips, all kinds of stuff, whatever you can do to like get a more peaceful sleep. So having more oxygen flow helps with, with a deeper sleep. Is that what the strips are for? Even a little bit of snoring or a little bit of blocked nasal passage is basically kind of causing less oxygen. So you're kind of in a in a state where you're almost waking yourself up constantly. Yeah. At least according to the almost science. Like sleep apnea or something. Yeah, and then well, then it turns into a sleep apnea and yeah. stuff like that, which is which is basically a a form of insomnia. There's a lot of people who are, they're like, yeah, I just can't sleep. I just that, and you you find out that like they drink coffee all day long. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, of course you can't sleep. <laughs> you know, caffeine. like. <clears throat> yeah, you're like, and, and, you know, I, if I don't cut caffeine off by three in the afternoon, you know, I can feel it. Like yeah. I, I go, go and lay down. I've traveled to Japan and literally done in like three weeks from the U S to Japan to San Francisco, then back to Australia, like all in that thing. And like, you can get in a state of what it seems to be a chronic jet lag. You yeah. basically, you're stuck. It's stuck in the fight or flight. And then it turns into anxiety and depression and you start you know, you're on the plane and you start having panic attacks and you start like freaking out when you don't know why, you know, depression can lead to insomnia, insomnia can lead to depression. But I think, 
you're offsetting bad stress with good stress by exercising, right? Yeah. You're, you're kind of training your body to be more resilient to the ups and downs. Yeah. And it could be different for different people depending on their cortisol patterns and things like that. Oh, yeah. So I think being more in tune and trying to see associations when you do this, what happens? You know, I think we all have to be detectives for ourselves and figure out what works better. Have you ever felt like you were just throwing weights around like an idiot at the gym, hoping to see some results? Or after weeks or months of working out, notice that the scale just isn't moving? You wouldn't cook without a recipe. So why would you train or start a weight loss program like the Swedish chef randomly throwing ingredients into a pot? You need a sustainable plan that's science-based and attainable. Fire Within has worked with thousands of clients and helped them reach their goals. So visit firewithinnf.com today. Get yourself the free ebook, read the testimonials, and choose a service that works for you. Choose from services like one-on-one nutrition coaching, one-on-one personal training, and more. Again, that's firewithinnf.com. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle. Well, let's be honest. I mean, most people don't recognize, you know, even like the alcohol consumption, you know, as a depressant and stimulant and basically ruins your sleep. You did a lot of correlation, right? Without, you know, knowing causation. And I think I've been trying to get more into the science and the why. Yeah. Yeah, it makes yeah. a big difference when you understand why and that there's reason behind it. And hopefully that's that's you know what we do with this show. Do you have other sources of information? Uh, you mentioned a couple books. You know, where else do you uh, dive in to find out more about these things? So through this tour life writing the articles, I wanted to be able to when you read when you read the article to realize that I wasn't this wasn't my opinion, right? It was my experience, my anecdote mixed with the science that I could find, and. The internet's a crazy thing because you do research on something and immediately you will find something that gives you the answer, right? Yeah. But if you really if you really do real research and dive into it and find what the source is, you realize that there's five or ten articles that are all sort of kind of twisting the science, right? Or they're they're cherry picking stuff. Yeah. But when you get down to learning how to find the studies and reading the studies, and you realize that what's cherry picked or not. This tour life, all those articles have all those links, you know, as deep as they can go. I'll play devil's advocate with all the stuff that I believe. It's incredibly frustrating to find out that you like believe something intently and find out that it's like, uh, that's not very well backed up, you know? Yeah. People are very confused yeah. a lot of times. And you have a lot of smart people in the industry that are trying, especially fitness industry, that are trying to bring to light. But they're all bringing this stuff to light and it's like, shit. <laughs> it's like, well, where do I start? Like, don't eat this, eat this, or this is this yeah. is not right, this is wrong, or you don't need this, or you don't need perfect posture, and you don't, or yeah. you do. Yes, you do. No, you don't. And then it's like, so, oh, Jesus. Now, in your opinion, you know, one of the things I always ask guests is what are the top three things you would have somebody do to start a change? With all this information and not knowing where to start, where are the top three best places to start, you think? For somebody to either make a transformation, overcome depression, or even somebody with a lifestyle similar to yours, what would those be? I would say first, recognize your diet. 
you know, and, and start to sort of stop treating every day, like it's your birthday or you're celebrating or whatever, and find a little bit more joy out of those foods that you really like, instead of eating them at nauseum that aren't good for you, simplifying your diet, eating more simple whole foods that are as, as many whole foods that aren't in a box and package, simply adding more of those. Sure. is a drug. It's the most addictive drug there is. It's like smoking. Yeah. It's just like nicotine. It's just like cocaine. Uh, You become numb to them and you need more and more uh, to kind of get a kick from that. I remember the first time I smoked a cigarette, it was like, it like knocks you. You're just like, woo, that's whatever. And then the more and more and more and more you smoke, the less sort of effect, the less affects you, the less it like, less of a jolt it has to your body. But now like finally after, you know, 20 some years or more of smoking heavily, like the thought of a cigarette would probably knock me down, you know, like, because it's so chemically powerful. It's like sugar. It's like it, afterwards it makes you feel horrible, but you're, it's creating its own cycle. Yeah. Most of the time. And you break that cycle and you find a lot of freedom and it's not easy, but on the other side of that, like I said, is, is a lot of freedom, Yeah, you know, and, and then- taste. A lot of taste. You get like, you enjoy tastes of things again, you know? Exactly. Because you have this hyper palatability for a while and then you miss all the undertones of flavors and different things. And then when you finally strip it away after a couple of weeks, things that never had much flavor all of a sudden, really enjoyable. So what would the second thing be? The, the second thing would be prioritizing your sleep more test it. Like some people feel better waking up in seven and a half hours, you know, increments. Some people feel better in nine. Try, try what happens when you wake up at eight and a half hours and you then seven and a half and see how different you feel, you know, do it for a week, do it for a couple of days and find like your zone. Like I know now I wake up in a natural cycle, you know, I like can get myself there. When I come back from tour, I work to like set an alarm. I don't want, sometimes I don't want to get up and I don't like getting up early, but I feel better when I do. And that's not everybody. It master what works for you, for your sleep, which would be getting the right increments to where you don't feel like washed out, you know, halfway through the day. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of our earlier episodes, we did a whole episode on sleep. Uh, what are some of the tactics you use when you are on tour? When you I've tried melatonin, CBD, yeah. I do like CBD. We actually did like a CBD thing with this tour life that we're, we're still doing. The industry is just changing like crazy. I'd love and to I know still, more about CBD. Can you tell us a little bit about it, a particular how it affects sleep? Well, basically the cannabinoids relaxes your central nervous system minimally. So everybody like talks about it has all these, like it helps with anxiety. It helps with recovery. It helps minimally reason if it affects all those things is from at least any of the science that I've seen so far aside from anecdotally, is that it relaxes your central nervous system, right? So all that fight or flight that happens or, you know, your hyperactive nervous system, or I have like even like restless leg syndrome or just like, you know, I just, I'm overtired and whatever. It, it basically allows you to relax. It, it's, it has a, just a calming effect on your central nervous system, not high, not like impaired or anything. You just feel an extra breath. But you never need to keep upping it. I think that's the great part, actually, from so far from what I've seen in CBD is like, once you find that amount, problem is, is that it's expensive. And we're hoping more science comes out because yeah. I don't like it. I don't like to, to, to sell anybody anything that's like a potential placebo effect, right? Even though the placebo effect is very real. Now, have you ever tried a valerian root or I have. adaptogens? I, I have. And I feel like it kind of does the same thing in that way. It does yeah. relax. But I think I feel a little bit more grogginess 
from melatonin and valerian root, like just a tiny bit more. Yeah. But that might be just me, my the effect on me, or might just. And then a lot of people have really vivid nightmares uh, with melatonin. Well, melatonin is interesting. It's very dose dependent. You don't need as much. Like people try to, I think, tend to take too much. Yeah, I would suggest like five micrograms occasionally. I don't like doing it constantly because your body can start downregulating your ability to produce it on its own. Uh, So I think it's great for jet lag or like in your case, when you're hopping around countries. Uh, But I wouldn't use it regularly or chronically every day. There's just a lot of crap, but I'm not trying to find something to sell to somebody, so to speak. I'm just saying like, wow, I really put this to the test. Two years on tour and this is, I've done this, I've regimented, I've cycled it or whatever. And then what would but, the third thing be? Well, the third thing would be, would be have your mobility assessed. Yeah. You know, have somebody to, to have somebody do, you know, like overhead squat assessment or however you, you know, whatever anybody wants to do to show where your tightnesses are you know, the lengthened muscles and the shortened muscles, like do your knees cave, do your feet turn out, you know, do you pronate? Are you, do you have upper cross syndrome or lower cross syndrome? Do you have anterior or posterior pelvic tilt? Like, and work on it. I mean, I just went to a group workout at a local gym because my friend wanted me to go and he wanted me to see it and he loves it. And I was like, yeah, it's amazing. It's got all the elements, but I watched five people in that class do movements where they had basically like elevated shoulders or their knees were caving in and stuff like that. And no one's addressing it. Right. And that's going to affect the longevity of your ability to continue. So before jumping into something like CrossFit, make sure that biomechanically you're, you're doing corrective exercises to to move properly first. That's my thing. I mean, that's even my thing with like, well, you know, Jeff stuff, he has these programs, he talks about it, whatever, but if you're not, if you're not, haven't been a part of the conversation or you don't understand you jump in and I see people write on the forums. They're like, I'm going to do the, you know, the latest monster, you know, his monster maker, whatever. It's like, well, are you even at that level? My adductors and on my left side, I had an injury that I didn't, I had from playing ice hockey years ago and didn't realize I had limited mobility there. Yeah. So now I'm going down and my one leg is not moving in that way, but who's watching that for me? Right. You know, and if I don't know how to recognize that, you know, or I'm running and someone's behind me going, wow, you really like your feet go out and all this yeah. stuff. It's like, I, I, I lean to the side when I run. And uh, part, yeah. part of that I mean, is with the knee surgery, I actually, you know, the compensation that happened, one leg is a quarter inch different than the other. And then the more I run, the more pronounced that lean gets. So I've got pictures and videos of me completely cocked to the side. But to me, I'm upright. I can't tell. I don't have that spatial awareness. And I think that's where, even if you don't, always train with somebody or I think everybody could benefit from having a trainer or at least having a couple of sessions with a different set of eyes. Cause I, it's- I totally agree. I just had a certain preconceived notion about a trainer and now going through like NASM being a certified trainer. It's like, I want a trainer. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, st- like, I still go to, go to ones. So I, I ha- I've become my own. Once again, I'm such a self experimenting kind of person, but it's so easy to go and do stuff and get wrapped up in like bench pressing or something like that and not understanding the movements, but then understanding the movements and not understanding that my body, I can't get my body to get in that proper movement through proper form, right? you know, through the plane of space, you know, properly where I'm not like adjusting somewhere, you know, and that's the focus is that people focus on the ability to get through it, Right. You know, trying to get through the movement, they're trying to do it for time, they're trying to do it, whatever, but they're, they're just not noticing these little things they can't be objective about. Yeah. That's definitely where my head's at. 
you know, really right now with this stuff. And there's so many different voices out there coming from so many different perspectives. I would say that focusing on your mobility, where that's at, and then the next step, just re like building the st- competent stability is very simple. You'll be less injury prone and you will be more stable in at the planes of motion that you're moving, just walking and moving. To kind of summarize, if somebody's starting out, your advice to them would be number one, get their nutrition under control. Start by minimizing processed foods and eating more whole foods. And if they've never done it, it may not hurt to track for a couple of weeks just to have an idea what you're putting in your body. Sure. Yeah. And then you want to get your sleep under control. And then lastly, work on mobility first, because that's going to lead to longevity of exercise versus just taking off, doing marathons, lifting heavy, throwing out your back or getting a knee injury. Yeah. Um, I mean, in in my opinion, people usually go the other way, right? They start training and then they start looking at their nutrition and then they start, someone goes, sleep is where you recover. That's what I did. (laughs) But at that point, and I did too, at that point, you're already in this mindset that you've achieved, you've... You're just in the backwards mindset, right? You're just approaching it, I think, from from the top down, right? Where the, you don't have these good foundations. Yeah. And you're trying to be at a peak performance. And then you start trying to improve your foundations, you know, backwards. Yeah. And really waste, not wasted, but you've definitely long, it, like made the process longer for yourself. Yeah. With, with a lot of misunderstanding and pitfalls. Yeah, literally, right? I just started running. Without knowing anything, I just I just wanted to do a marathon. So you know, I bonked and was like, you know, why am I bonking? Why do I have all these injuries? And then I started looking at nutrition, and then I learned more about proper movement patterns. And and, and, and let's say psychologically, how much more I believe you get from better, a better diet, yeah, and then better sleep, and then you're in a better and even seeing the results you get, like from a good diet on your weight, your health in general yeah, is like, then you're, you're focused on the right thing because that is something you're going to do for the rest of your life. You may not exercise for the rest of your life, but you're going to eat for the rest of your life and you're going to sleep for the rest of your life. So I feel like everybody, you and I included starts from the exercise point, you know, because that's what gets them inspired. Then I think it also breaks them down too fast. They get disappointed, uh, frustrated, not getting the results to do. And there are other people who push through that and they do find their way. And there are other people I don't understand. I see some transformations and I'm like, how did that person do it? What am I missing here? Because <laughs> there's no way I could have made a transformation like that. Like, is it their their youth? Are they good athletes? You know, there's a lot of factors in that. Don't mess with those factors. Don't yeah. be concerned with the factors. Just, just be concerned with your own body. I think that's a great perspective. Now, and if you don't get to the third one, the first two, like I said, are like even for touring, like even for my lifestyle, those first two, mastering those first two to, to just be in the pocket with them the best you can so you have, you know, enough leeway when it's not perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's going to create longevity in itself and even mental wellness. Before we wrap up today, you'd mentioned – a little bit about this tour life and, and your blog and kind of studying depression and things like that. People going through any kind of depression, if it's job related, if it's circadian rhythm related, what types of tactics, you know, I know better, better nutrition and things like that help and exercise helps. Uh, what other advice or strategies can people use to overcome some of those, those issues? I mean, just like a trainer, seek a therapist. Yeah. But having a third party, an objective third party 
to talk to, to give you perspective that's not related to you, that's not married to you, that's not in a relationship with you, not your children, not your best friend. It is someone who has been trained from my personal experience. Helping others has tried to become my purpose. In trying to help myself, I've tried to translate it to others. Having that purpose got me out of my own my own holes. You know, having a purpose. And people have a hard time finding a purpose because some people focus have been told to focus too much on money. You know, some people have been focused to focus on fame or focus on huge success. But I think a lot of that stuff follows once again from prioritizing, right? Can't help anybody if you can't help yourself. If I'm going to get surgery, I'm not going to it from a guy who learned it on YouTube. Right. You know, <laughs> I'm going to a guy who has gone to an institution and has been peer reviewed and there is a level of accomplishment. You know, right. so if you want those things, seek out those people. Yeah. You know, and that yeah, and sometimes just, just the accountability of, you know, if I want to go to this appointment and they give me something to work on, um, I'm more likely to do it. As well. So I think yeah, I mean, see, accountability too. People also who inspire you are great, you yeah. know, but don't, but, but if they're not certified or they're not like, you know, you know, they have degrees and stuff like that, take it for what it is, inspiration, motivation, but don't turn it into a, you know, like the be all and end all. I think, yeah. I think just, just seek a lot of, seek a lot of perspectives and then simplify it for yourself. Yeah, that I, makes I think, a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Now, if is are you working on like a survey or a project or anything with musicians now? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, we started this Dr. Heim Newman, who's a clinical physician. He he also works with artists and stuff like that. Kind of approached me from this tour life. I had done a survey and then realized I didn't know what to do with it because I'm not a clinician and I'm not a statistician. And I went, oh man, I'm I need like a the perfect storm here of. People who understand the industry, a person who understands the industry, but is who who is able to do a clinically approved, you know, IRB approved study that this can be put into peer reviewed. It's not like a legitimate study. And I don't have that ability, but I do have the ability to help. So we kind of, he reached out to me, we teamed up, we spent, you know, months just designing questions. We've got about a thousand people who have taken it so far. We really want to, you know, we've gotten other organizations are getting involved in music cares and people are starting to kind of come around it. And hopefully we'll have like 9,000 points of data, which will be able to help give people the tools in our industry to create programs to address these issues and trying to help people in this business. Because at least if you know that, that know the pitfalls, you can make a, a more educated decision if you want to do it or not, yeah. you know, yeah, and yeah. how to stay in it, how to make it last. Cause I, I love the job and I've, and, and I do, you know, I do well in it and I've been, it's been my full-time thing since I was like 20. Um, but it has been a fight, yeah. you know, it's been a fight to keep and stay in and not just give up on, you know? Now, if somebody wanted to find your blog or find out more about what you're doing, where could they find information on that? Well, this tour life is this tour The tour health research initiative, um, also known as thrive is uh, tourhealth.org is where you can find that. We also have, you know, the, our Instagram and Facebook and Instagram is, is this tour life. Tour health initiative is Instagram. And uh, there's a Facebook page, which is, you know, this tour life Facebook page. And there's a thrive 
Facebook page. So there's time. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of social media <laughs> out there, which actually has gotten a little bit overwhelming trying to keep them all in order. But oh, luckily, I have it's more than just me, and I have a great you know partners who are all kind of dedicated to the same cause. You know. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, carving out some time with your busy schedule to give us your perspective. You know, I think our listeners can learn a lot from that. And I feel like if somebody like you is able to make changes in their life with your schedule, traveling all over the place at all kinds of crazy hours in an environment where heavy drinking is the norm, if you're able yeah. to, to break through that and reclaim your health, I hope that gives motivation that others can too. Uh, so thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, yeah, I hope so too. I really, I really do think it's possible without being making yourself crazy and extreme and seeking help. Seek help from the people who can give you the knowledge and the help. Maybe I'll see you at another AX Games. I'm gonna try to be there. I've already, I've already purchased my ticket. There's a lot of stuff going on in my business right now with everything that's going on in the world. There's a lot of cancellations and stuff. Oh, so coronavirus. That's blah, been, blah, blah. yeah, that's been a little bit stressful. A lot of people have been canceling. Yeah, so. that could be its own episode. <laughs> yeah, we could, it, it might be its own yeah. episode later because a lot of people are going, don't know what to do. Yeah. Well, take care of your health now and that you'll be more resilient to the virus. That's what I got for now. <laughs> I, yeah, I agree. 100%. All right, sir. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, uh, go check us out at firewithinnf.com. You can subscribe to our newsletters and make sure you never miss an episode or any other content. Also, be sure to follow us on social media.